Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. All right, uh, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you. It's 134 in Edmonton. Uh, we're now getting text supporting Jim from Sutherland, and... Uh, I gotta. I'm gonna have to circle back to this text because we got Keith Gretzky hanging out right now on line number one. Keith Gretzky is the assistant general manager of the Oilers, general manager of the Oilers farm team in Bakersfield. He's up for a day and then heading off as uh, Bakersfield goes to Abbotsford. Uh, Keith is our Oilers now headliner. Brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It is the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock W I L H A U K today. Will Hawk with three locations in the Edmonton region to serve you. And we welcome back to the show, Keith Gretzky. Hello, Keith. How you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. How excited are you to see James Hamlin get his first NHL game tonight? You know, it's, it's exciting because he's really worked hard for it. He came into, you know, the organization as a, on an American League deal. And, you know, his... his uh, Play dictated getting an NHL deal, and we've always said that doesn't matter who you are, you come in, and if you're a drafted player or a invited player, that you know if you deserve to uh, wear the jersey, you're going to get that opportunity. And, and James has fulfilled that. What have been the keys to his ongoing development with your team down in Bakersfield? I just think the the work ethic is number one that stands out for me. Um, he's always on the right side of the puck and, and, you know, supports the puck. And he does a lot of little things right, and, and it's paid off for him. And, and you know, he's a, he's like a leader down there for the, for our, our team, even though he's he's a young guy. He's always been a captain. And I just think he, he fits our mold of, uh, of a player that we're looking for. Keith, I might know a guy who thinks that he can spot a player. Okay? I might look at him in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, probably mm-hmm. the 78 times I look in the mirror each day. And I, I saw James play in Batum Triple A. Now, he was a 13-year-old that year. It was the year of the lockout, the 12-13 lockout. So it was 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, Tyler Benson was on that team, and uh, Stuart Skinner was on that team. And when they when they played Sherwood Park, you could see that both Skinner and Carter Hart were pretty good. There was no question you could see that those guys were good goalies. Benson obviously set the Bantam AAA record. Again, uh, James was 13. He wasn't 14. But, you know, it, it just shows you, you never know how guys are going to grow and develop, do you? Exactly. And, you know, it's funny we were talking about that this morning. It just shows that you need a lot of time. Everybody wants players yesterday to, you know, they get drafted and they think they should be playing in a year. It, it takes time. And James, you know, came to us a free agent and, and has been uh, tremendous down in Bakersfield and, and good on him. That's what it's about. You know, people uh, get a good chance. You never know what can happen. And, and he's a prime example of that. There is another player, and he's been a huge absence for you. He had an awesome year last year, led the AHL in plus minus. Uh, he is a bit of a unicorn because he's a right shot, six foot six. Hard-nosed defensive defenseman that's got okay puck-moving skills. How much have you missed Vincent Deharnay, who got signed to an NHL deal basically on the same day that James Hamlet did after going to the A in an American Hockey League deal? How much have you guys missed Deharnay? You're 5-0 and with Deharnay in the lineup this year. Um, obviously, that probably says something, doesn't it? Yeah, you, we miss Vinny. It's, he's a big body. He's a big man back there. 
you know, like you said, he moves the puck, you know, good for, for a big man, but it's his his uh, big reach and his physical play that we've really missed. And, you know, it's a, it was a tough break for him, and, and I, I think we're going to be more ex, extra more cautious now, and, and he's, he's still a ways away from, from playing, but uh, we're getting closer, and, and hopefully uh, one day he gets what James is getting, a, a chance to play in the NHL. And I really believe that uh, that'll come one day. Keith, I'll make the prediction. I believe it comes here in the 23. I, I think it happens in Edmonton next year. And the only reason why I'd say it's not going to happen this year is because he has dealt with the two hand, you know, issues, and that's what it is. That's what it is right now, right? It's a hand problem. Yeah, he's just he's just getting it so it heals properly, and you know, we're making sure he does nothing until the, you know, until the doctor. I think he sees him this week, uh, or maybe maybe today. A matter of fact. Um, so, you know, we're going to make sure that uh, he gets a chance like James. We're going to get him extra healthy. And, and you know, we have enough players down there that uh, we have kids called up from the East Coast League. And, and you know, it's, we love to win down there, but we're also about developing the players. That's the biggest thing. All right. Well, maybe you can explain to our listeners just how things shook down Saturday night because, uh, you know, I had an idea what the lineup was supposed to look like. And, I, and I'll be frank with you, it was actually Kurt Levin's who reached out uh, via Twitter and said, Bob, did you notice that Benson didn't play and Hamlet didn't play? And I was like, what? And then, like, you know, we had just landed from New York. Um, so when did you guys find out that you were going to have to make some changes uh, to your lineup, Keith? I I think before you guys left for New, uh, left New York, Ken texted me. might have been in the, you know, before you took off or maybe at the beginning when you're in the air. Um, it was early enough for me. It was after your guys' game, and, and he asked to make sure we didn't play those two guys. And I said, okay. So I went in and told the coaches, and, and we all get it. And, you know, you want them to play. We all want to win. And we had a big crowd that night. And, and uh, But it's for the... We're about for what's best for the the Edmonton Oilers, and and you know that's what uh, what transpired on that. Uh, and it was your teddy bear toss, and and Esposito scored like literally moments twenty one in, seconds into it. And was your team never the same after? Because you guys got outshot fairly significantly. Did did it actually take a little bit of early momentum away, or was it just a byproduct that you're down a, a few bodies up front, or, or what do you think happened on Saturday? Because so I I think a lot, most of it was we ran into penalty problems. You can't take penalties in, in any league, and we seem to be marching into the box a lot, and it's a bad habit, and I don't think some calls were deserved, but that's my opinion, and, and um, um, you know, those things happen, but I thought the goaltender played really good. I thought the team competed. And worked hard. Uh, you know, we don't, uh, you know, if you add up all the players that are up here that we were counting on and that have been called up, I, I thought all in all we walked away as, other than winning, I thought uh, guys played really well for that, for well, that 60 minutes. You mentioned the goaltending, and Olivier Rodrigue's numbers have shot up here of late. Uh, your team's had some challenges scoring goals, but you can't argue with the work that Rodrigue, and for that matter, Ryan Fanti, uh, given the uh, current injury yep. situation. You know, situation. Both both of those younger guys have played pretty well for you, haven't they? Yep. You know, fans came up the other uh, last week when Pickard got hurt, and he's played well. And and I think Rodriguez really, you know, done well for us. I think that he's. It just shows you need time in you know the American League, the East Coast League. He's been everywhere for us, and you know, I think uh, he's just growing as a goaltender. It takes time, you know, and and he played. I think I don't want to say surprise people, but. 
you know, I think, uh, you know, his stats have uh, talked for themselves. He's done really well for us. We're joined by Keith Gretzky, who runs the farm team in Bakersfield. He's the Edmonton Oilers assistant general manager. What is the status of Pickard right now, Keith? He's got a high ankle sprain. I think okay. he's, you know, at least two more weeks. So it's it's good. Fancy's there. Fancy and, and Rodrigo play both games, uh, one game each, and and uh, Abbotsford uh, starting tomorrow and then Wednesday. So it's it's good for them. We get this is what it's about to see what what they can do, and it's a good opportunity. Marcus Niemelainen went down. Philip Broberg came up. Uh, first of all, how's Broberg playing for you before his recall? I thought, uh, you know, he's, he got better each game, and his last game that he played for us was probably his best. I don't know, he didn't get any points, but I thought his, his stick play, stick in the lane, and, and, you know, defensive zone coverage was outstanding. It was probably his best game. I thought he skated with the puck. So good for him. That's He's got to play with confidence. It's, you know, doing it in the American League, and then you got to do it when you get a call to the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. We're joined by Keith Gretzky. Keith, uh, the order has brought Jason Demers in a, on a PTO, and given that, uh, you know, Broberg hasn't been 100% healthy at times, you ended up moving Sam Rukov for cost, and uh, like it's, it's turned out pretty well, Has and, and the fact that DeHarnay's been injured, which is probably the biggest reason, uh, Jason Demers has been, he's become a pretty useful player for you guys, hasn't he? Yeah, I would say it's uh, and an important person and a player. Um, you know, I didn't really know much of him. I know Woody had the you know the dialogue with him and the relationship from before. And I'll tell you, he's been great with our young kids, even Broberg and Nemo. And and I really think Kessling's taken off because of him. Uh, and I think it's also off the ice. He's he's a true pro. And, um, you know, we talk how valuable to have guys like Malone and Griffith and Pickard and all these older guys to help our young kids. Um, you know, Jason Demers has come in and, and been outstanding for our young kids back there in the, uh, on the D. Uh, Kesselring, you mentioned him. He's amongst uh, AHL uh, leading goal scorers for defensemen. He's got seven. He's been in a couple scraps this year. I thought he looked really raw and was kind of all over the place uh, in the rookie tournament. Uh, he's obviously scoring goals. What's happening there with him? Well, you know, for me, that's, goals are one thing. I've, I think that's, you know, we're trying to make sure he learns to defend, and he's done a, um, a really good job of taking a big step forward in his whole game that way. Um, he's getting stronger. I remember when he first came in, when it was the COVID thing in January, he was like Bambi out there. And, and it just shows, again, when, you know, we stress about give kids a chance to develop in the American League. And he's a prime example of it. He's making big strides. Um, you know, he don't get caught up in the goal scoring. That's just, I don't want to say it's 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 lucky. He just gets the puck to the net, which is a good, good thing for a D-man. He doesn't get a shot blocked, but... Overall, he's, his defending's been uh, night and day different. So that's what he's just got to keep working on, the little things. And, you know, if he ever gets a call, he's ready. And, and But it, it just takes time to grow as a as a player. So, Keith, there's, you know, Kesseling's been a positive story um, on defense. And, and I think that, frankly, Rodriguez, well, for me, he's been a little bit of a surprise. You know, he, he had some tougher moments the last couple of years. Looks like he's responded with a pretty good run so far. Are, are you struggling to score goals? Yeah, we are. We kind of thought we'd be one area. We lost some players last year, and, and you know, even Hammer had 
a lot of goals, and, and we have, you know, guys in and out of the lineup that are coming to Edmonton, and we always knew it would be a little issue, and that's why I think our, our power play hasn't been great. It's just, you know, a little unlucky, and, and we haven't found the chemistry yet, and, and you know, it takes some time, and, and hopefully it, it uh, capitalizes soon. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you about, uh, you know, we'll start with Xavier Borgo. This is a, a first-round draft choice. Uh, he's got 4-4-8 four, four and eight in 16 games. You guys are using him on both the power play and on the penalty killing. From a manager's perspective, what are you seeing out of Borgo? Uh, he's making strides. It's, it's uh, like I told him, it's a whole different animal when you come from junior hockey and you're now playing against men and you're living on your own and, you know, we, we made sure that he was living with Hamblin that to look after him, to realize what it's like to be a pro. Um, you know, so far I'm I'm happy on, on some things of his of his game and, and some things he's gotta, you know, improve on and that's that's normal. That's a on a first year player and so far so good. You know, he's been you know, penalty killing is, is I think is important when you look at our power play up top. So we try to get, you know, certain guys some penalty kill time you look at Hamblin that was one of the reasons I think you know he got a he's had successes because he learned to play you know on the PK and and take pride in it because that's how you're not he's not coming up here to run the power play so it's that's where it starts all right uh Greg McKeg was sort of Mm -hmm. you know he had a chance I think to compete uh, for possibly a, a tw- you know 13th, 14th forward spot in Edmonton. Now the Oilers had some cap uh, considerations to deal with there. Um, I, he, he was a bit like Yanmark to me, Keith. Like we yeah, really, I, I, yeah, I would I would agree, and I think Keggers come. I think the last six to nine games, I think he's really improved. As I think impactfulness is the right word for me. Is that he's had an impact out there? You, you know, had a little tough luck on scoring goals, but I see, I see guys competing harder and more involved. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, to be honest, when you play four or five minutes a game in the NHL, you kind of lose your 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 pattern of you know he's being counted on to lead us, and and it's taken a while to get going. But I've been happy as of late with his uh, whole overall uh, game. Lavoie, Savoy, and Philp. <laughs> Thoughts on those three? You know, I, I think uh, all three. It's it's been I don't want to say a step back. There, it's just it, it's it's a hard league, and we have all high expectations for all of them to score goals because they can score goals, and you know they show glimpses at times. And the the I think all three have to get realize that you got to worry about puck protection, um, not turn the puck over, and and be you know impactful in the offensive zone and those you know when we talk about not scoring goals that's an area those three guys are are you know are being held accountable when you make mistakes in your own zone with the puck and that kind of reduces your ice time and all of a sudden we're not scoring goals so it's a it's it's a learning process for all, all three players all right, so you're in town in Edmonton tonight, uh, and then you're heading out to Abbotsford for the two games tomorrow and Wednesday? Yep. Great stuff. Keith, thank you for taking time to join us on Oilers Now and provide us with an update from the farm. Anytime, Bob. We'll see you tonight. You Bye-bye. bet. That is Edmonton Oilers Assistant General Manager Keith Gretzky, and he was our headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It is the best you've ever tasted. That's right. You can search for Wilhock W I 
W-I-L-H-A-U-K today uh, with three locations. W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We'll come back with this day in Oilers history when we return in Oilers now. And I said I was going to get to a text from Evan in Penticton. He says, Bob, I'm going to stand up from Jim, uh, for Jim in Summerland. I think I met him at the Young Guns Tournament, and he's a true blue Oilers fan, complete with binders and stats, etc. I think rather than fighting between themselves, Oilers fans should just cheer the way they want to cheer and support the team. That one comes to us from Penticton. And I, the, the point was, Jim said, why, if you're an Oilers fan, would you stop watching the game after two periods? Because we had another Oilers fan who said, I gave up hope on the team, and that was it. There you go. Uh, this texter on who you hated, uh, Rob says... Um, I hated the Flames organization in the 80s, not just a player. It was a no-class organization. I don't know about that. Come on, man. Texter goes on to say in the 86 series, every time uh, the Flames led late, the Oilers tried to win. When the flame, uh, when when the Oilers led late, it turned out to be a brawl, and all the Flames cared about was beating the Oilers, and they didn't care how. You can text us, and then that comes to us from Rob. Uh, there might be some debate on that. Might be some debate on that. But it did get nasty in Calgary. It was a game four, game six, where Semenko busted up uh, Tim Hunter's nose uh, back in the day. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The staff recommendation at the Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Brendan likes the, um, the Texan. The Texan at Royal Pizza. Four spots in Calgary, 15 in Edmonton, one in Red Deer. We go to Listay and Oilers history for New West Travel, and here's Brendan Escott. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's not the right mic. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, 1988 we go, and Craig McTavish had a goal and three assists. Jimmy Carson scored a pair as the Oilers won 7-4 over the Nordiques at the uh, Quebec Coliseum. There you go. That is the This Day in Oilers history segment for New West Travel. Again, give the gift of travel and join Oilers now in Vegas this January to see the Oilers play the Golden Knights. You can reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. Tomorrow, daily face-offs, Frank Saravalli for the horses in Horse Racing Alberta presenting live standard bed racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile. See you at the races. Brendan Escott will be hosting the show tomorrow. I will be flying uh, to Chicago with the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. Edmonton Oil Kings general manager Kurt Hill will be on tomorrow's show as well. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3 and then 6.30 chat afternoons with Jalen Nye from 3 to 6. I will join you with Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, uh, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, uh, the entire Oilers radio network uh, tonight at 6.05. So long until then.